This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the second guest show. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abair, live from the Silver Slipper Casino Beachside in Hancock County, Mississippi. Come on by and visit us. Uh, Bobby J and I will be on until 6.30 tonight. They have the boards up for the Monday night contest between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns, and you can hear that game live right here on the Big 870 at 7.30. At 6.30 tonight, it will be uh, the Community Coffee Saints Coaches Show with uh, Mike Hoss being the host, Dennis Allen, head coach of the Saints, and his guest tonight will be Saints, co-defensive coordinator, defensive line coach, Ryan Nielsen. On our Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line, the Ravens pre- and post-game host on 105.7, the fan, Tim Barbalace. Tim, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Of course. Thanks for having me. Tim, man, listen, y'all ought to be charged with petty larceny. Man, y'all got one of the best defensive players in all of pro football and only had to give up a second and a fifth-round pick with Roquan Smith. Man, we think the world of Roquan. I got to see him play not only from his days in Georgia but also in high school. Man, he was a stud player there, and he's been a terrific player for the Bears. Now, again, it's kind of rent a player because you don't have him long-term. But, man, Roquan Smith. He's a tilt-the-field type defensive player. He's that good. Well, it was definitely a shock when the news broke around 3, 3.30 in Baltimore. And we were thinking Eric DaCosta, he's made a trade deadline moves three of his four years as GM of the Ravens. But we were expecting more wide receiver help with Rashad Bateman. John Harbaugh said he was going to miss a couple weeks. So he zigged when we thought they would zag. And Roquan Smith, like you said it, one of, if not the best, inside linebackers in football, complete player, sideline-to-sideline guy. Ravens have had a lot of struggles at inside linebacker this year. Josh Bynes, their one starter, he's been hurt. Patrick Queen, he's been up and down, but the past three games, this has been one of his best stretches of his career. And with the addition of Roquan, now he can play downhill, which is his strength. You know, and, uh, and Roquan, ahead, considering he's only 25 years of age, <laughs> To me, if you got a stud Jeez. player, it's not like he's not living up to expectations with the Bears, considered first-round draft pick in 2018. I mean, that's I don't understand what the Bears are doing. Bears so, are dumb to it, do it, that. But, the, but Tim, is that uh, telling everyone? And uh, when you talk to Roquan or his people, that uh, obviously he's here for this season, that they will uh, negotiate a future contract for him to his liking. I would be stunned 
if the Ravens don't come up with a long-term deal uh, this offseason. The Ravens, they covet draft picks. They build their team through the draft. And Eric DaCosta, he loves stop, stockpiling comp picks, and he trades down for more picks. Giving up a second and a fifth is a lot <laughs> for Eric DaCosta terms. Now, great value for Roquan Smith, but giving up all that draft capital for a rental, I just don't see that happen. But the Ravens are really going to be in a bind because they won't be able to franchise tag him because obviously Lamar Jackson has an expiring contract as well. So that puts even more pressure on them to uh, come to terms for a long-term deal. You know, Tim, that's what I was going to ask you. You bring up Lamar Jackson. Uh, this is all around the NFL, even if you're not a Ravens fan, but they all know who Lamar Jackson is, the superstar that he is. Are, uh, do they remain committed to him? How do you think that's going to play out? And you talked about maybe uh, looking to get him more weapons. You know, Hollywood Brown leaves, goes to the Cardinals and all that. So uh, where are they at? Is it the longer Jackson goes unsigned, the longer the questions will persist about his future? Or or he is, is he in the, is the future of uh, uh, being the Ravens quarterback? If you would ask me a year ago at this time, it was a no-brainer. Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh, this was like a formality, a contract extension with Lamar. But now, I don't know. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he sort of opened the Pandora's box when Cleveland gave him, a, gave him a fully guaranteed contract. Lamar's holding out for that. And I don't blame him to some extent. He has a much better resume than Deshaun Watson, even, and that doesn't even include the laundry list of issues with Watson off the field. Lamar's got an MVP. If people want to post to the, if people want to go to the postseason struggles, Deshaun Watson has one playoff win as well. So, it's all about comparables when it comes to contracts. He's frustrated with it. They already had a deadline. They're not negotiating during the season. He's not going anywhere because obviously they'll franchise tag him if need be. But I don't know, uh, to be honest with you, about his long-term future here. It's, it's far from a guarantee. Hey, listen, we, if they don't want him, I know a team down south will take yeah, him. Yeah, but they come to the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take him off your hands if yeah. that's the case. And, and now, you know, Tim, when you look at it, you got to have to have luck with injuries. Uh, you look at last year, and it goes year to year, or you could be snake bit maybe for a couple of seasons. I'm looking at, you know, the 49ers, and you look at their roster and who's available, who's not. I look at the Saints, Titans, and the Ravens. Uh, uh, I know they were expecting better health uh, the 2022 season. Uh, but where are they at right now? Because I think uh, the Ravens are also with snake bit uh, with a health issue in, in the last season. They're very banged up. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, he got put on IR. He came back after that horrific knee injury. He was not the same. He had to undergo arthroscopic knee surgery. They had a lot of guys on pup. Tyus Bowser, David Ajabo, John Harbaugh said they've both been activated. Ajabo's not going to play on Monday night, but Tyus Bowser definitely has a shot. Gus Edwards, he came back from injury, but he just suffered another injury with a hamstring strain. I don't think he's guaranteed to play Monday night. Mark Andrews got hurt in the Bucks game, 10 plays in. He might not play, and Bateman's definitely not. John Harbaugh already ruled him out, said he's going to miss a couple weeks. So they are still very banged up. Uh, one of the good injury news is uh, Ronnie Stanley, who's just played one game, uh, over the last year and a half coming into this year, he's been playing at a high level ever since uh, he came back. So that's good news 
for the Ravens because he was an all-pro left tackle in 2019. Tim, uh, man, I watched Tyler Lindstrom play so much at Iowa. He was, he was a guy. He was not the biggest center, but, man, he's so technically strong. He understands how to – the concepts of a lot of interior blitzes, and he picks that up well. He's a great communicator. Your thoughts on how well he's progressed with the Ravens? Because I'll tell you one thing, you got a big-time player in Tyler. Oh, he's been getting better and better. And the Ravens have had a pipeline from Iowa, Kirk Ferentz. He was here during the inaugural season as an assistant coach with the Ravens. So uh, they have a nice connection there. Marshall Yonda, you've probably heard of him. They drafted him in the third round out of Iowa. But Tyler Linderbaum has been at, as advertised. He's been getting better and better each week. If there has been a bugaboo to his game, there has been a couple of snap issues, three to be exact. But he put on a clinic uh, Thursday night against the Bucs. Uh, I'm sure Devin White is still <laughs> kind of having was nightmares going against... about him because Linderbaum pancaked Man. him quite a few times. Man, he was impressive. Really was. Well, and, uh, you know, Tim, obviously it's every coaching staff. If you're having success or not having success or you're not – the fan base looks at it looks at you if you're not as prolific as they think uh, their unit should be. But uh, where is uh, Greg Roman as offensive coordinator? Do they view him as still on the hot seat? I mean, that was coming into the season. And then uh, Mike McDonald, uh, a big challenge for him as a defensive coordinator to kind of uh, breed new life. I was l- looking at their pass rush. A lot of times, you know what the Saints were able to do? Boy, if you can get pressure on the quarterback and you don't have to blitz. You know, you don't have to do exotic schemes and you can get out there with a four-man pass rush. So where are they at, the Ravens? Because I I go Ray Lewis old school and all that, you know, the past couple, you know, two decades ago. And the Ravens, uh, you better pack a lunch. They always know that even if their offense is doing something, that the Ravens defense is going to be outstanding. But that hasn't been the case so much this season. So Mike McDonald, he's a 180 from Wink Martindale, who was let go following last season. He's more conservative, doesn't blitz nearly as much, plays a lot of zone. Ravens defense struggled mightily early on in the season. Everyone knows about that Dolphins game when they blow a 21-point fourth-quarter lead. But they've been getting better as of late. The secondary's been getting better. They don't have nearly as much miscommunication. You can run the ball on the Ravens. Uh, they give up a decent yards per carry, but the Bucs weren't able to do anything because they're historically bad running the football right now. But it's been an up-and-down year for this Ravens defense. I think it's going to get better as the year goes on. Justin Houston, he's been drinking from the fountain of youth uh, this year. He's got six sacks, and he's only played five games. He's got four sacks in these last two games in 40 snaps. So the efficiency has been great for him. And as I mentioned earlier, Tyus Bowser, David Ajabo, they will be back soon. Your thoughts on, on Kyle Hamilton. Oh, man, I loved him at Notre Dame, and they kind of used him a lot of different ways. Uh, but <laughs> you talk about a big safety who can lay it to you, and he's also really good in the zone coverage and off-coverage sets. I think he does a real good job uh, playing deep center field. It's been a struggle for Kyle Hamilton. I'd say over the last couple games, he's been playing better. We all thought that he was going to be the starter. I mean, when you draft someone 14th 14th overall, you expect them to start. We thought that they were going to trade away Chuck Clark. That didn't end up happening. 
Hamilton played a little over 50% of the snaps in the first two games, had numerous blown coverages. He struggles in man-to-man. But as of late, his playtime is starting to tick up. He played a season-low 14 snaps a couple weeks ago. But he's starting to play confident. And I, I think he was too tentative early in this defense. But I'd say over the last couple weeks, he's been able to settle in. Tim, thanks so much for joining us tonight, bud. We really appreciate it. Should be one heck of a game Monday night. That's all I know. And I do know one thing. Uh, Ricky Jackson had a line years ago, uh, practices for the unskilled. Well, Roquan Smith, uh, the Saints are going to see him. Yeah, he's going to show up. <laughs> Monday night. And, I, and, Tim, we'll talk to you later about this. Uh, we were a big fans of Marcus Williams, the Ravens yeah. painter, but, he, but he's on IR now. We know that yeah, right Mar- now. Marcus was a good player here, really was. Oh, All right. Marcus, I mean, early on he had, gosh, I think it was three interceptions in the first couple games. Right. Ravens were terrible at forcing turnovers last year, and they've been one of the best teams in football this year. Uh, unfortunate injury. Harbaugh said he was going to miss a significant amount of time, but he is not done for the year. Tim, thanks so much for joining us tonight, bud. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. You got it. Thanks for All having right. me. Tim Barbalace who is the Ravens pre- and post-game host on 105.7 The Fan out in Baltimore. We'll be back to wrap it up here on Second Guess right after this break on the Big 870. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.